American Hammers Radio presents Fortunes Always Hiding. Hello, Internet, and welcome to Fortunes Always Hiding, the second edition. This was formerly known as Always Hiding with a Hammer. We have changed the name to something that makes more sense. And because our producer and the head of the American Hammers Radio said, yeah, this makes more sense. So it's Fortunes Always Hiding. This is the second episode. I'm your host, Zach, joined by John out in Philly and Chris out of Ohio. Chris, what, Chris, what's the capital of Ohio? Columbus. Wrong. It's O. <laughs> Fair enough. Well played. Well played. That's how we're going to start this. Yeah, okay. Well played. Well played. Hey, hey, you've got to make jokes. You've got to keep it loose. Yeah, there um, you go. Anyways, we've got two big matches this week. We've got a match against Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, which, by the way, did you know that they have an eagle that comes out to greet the teams? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did know that. Actually. Yeah, and they also have cheerleaders. What's up with that? This is that the I did not know. This is the they Premier League. Be this is the Premier League. This is not... This is the, the Dallas Cowboys of the uh, Premier This is League. not Dallas Cowboys. They're not Dallas Cowboys. This is not the Chinese Baseball Association. This is not like some Major League Soccer bullshit. This is the Premier League. <laughs> you cannot have cheerleaders. Are they the only well, team with cheerleaders? I believe so. I saw it yeah, on. Uh, uh, well, and they're famous for that guy with the drum, right? That really annoying dude up in the stands with the drum. Uh, they, they make a lot of noise and they try to be like ultras and stuff, right? <laughs> try to be I like it <laughs> you know what I give him credit for at least trying yeah fair enough alright so the so we got because we got two games coming up this week there's gotta we gotta talk about this we have two games in 50 and a half hours who the hell thought this was a good idea well I mean obviously the FA because <laughs> they're like oh it's gonna be fine this is our tradition let's cram all of these matches into the festive period so that people can go watch our wonderful professional athletes of our most famous sport get injured in front of all of these people yeah I, I have to I have to chuck it up to that as well just more more or less uh, a little bit more of the commercialization of the game in the sense of everyone's gonna be kind of it's not going to be as busy and more people are going to uh, be at home. Why not throw some matches on more as many matches as possible on? See, for me, the problem with this is the fact that I would, first off, because I know a lot of teams play games really truncated in this period. I would love to sure. see the amount of injuries that have yeah. occurred from playing in these two games. I don't know this off the top of my head and I would need somebody from like the BBC or sky to go deep into the British archives for this because <sighs> I'm sure it has to be a lot because a lot of because you can't be expected to play two 90 minute games in the span of three days. That's how you wear yourself out. And right. when you wear yourself out, you get fatigued. And when you get fatigued, you just that you die inside, and it just becomes a painful injury thing. And yep. this is why, like, if you look in the NBA, you have guys who are doing scheduled rest days because they don't right. want to play back to backs. But in the well, end. In the NHL, when they have back-to-backs almost on a monthly basis, on mostly on a bi-weekly basis, there's no problem here. Right. Well, I mean, if we were thinking about it from a commercial standpoint, it would actually be better to have a rest because yes. then you would have a higher level of play in January. Yeah. And, and because what we have right now is we have everyone gets sluggish, everyone gets run down, that we do have injuries. So it, it affects the actual entertainment value of the product, right, which is the, you know, which is the Premier League. And not only that, but I actually think this is all mired in tradition. And just yeah. like people oh, in VAR, they don't, want, 
They don't want anything to change. And, and so the fact that this happened forever, that we've always had, oh, we've always had Christmas fixtures, and if it was good enough for Bobby Moore, it's good enough for you. <laughs> Yeah, Even so, though the game is so different, right? It's so on, much faster, so much more physical. I love the football was good enough for Bobby Moore. So is a wool jersey. We're not going to see either of those back anytime soon. Oh, could you imagine wearing a wool kit while playing outside? Oh, so, I, because so I'm an eBay seller. I've actually, I've actually thrifted a game used wool hockey jersey from the seventies. Um. And just when I pulled it off the rack, it was super, super heavy. Super, and it was. Well hammered. There was stitching everywhere. There was like um, holes everywhere. And it was just so damn beautiful. I'm like, oh my god, this is so heavy. But you can't wear this. You're gonna be sweating through everything. Well, I'm, and they played with leather balls that you know nowadays when you kick one of those things, you think your foot's gonna fall off. So uh, they were as as, as <laughs> a lot of the old English, a lot of the old They're West Ham guys. Oh, they were men back when they were men, right? Well, and, but, well um, also with a, with a, with a, a different breed. Yes. Well, also with a leather ball, because the ball is, the stitching on the ball is so different. It's not a completely round shape. When you kick it, it's kind of like the uh, 2010 World Cup ball that you had no idea where the hell it was going. You kicked it for a free kick, and you were trying to go to the top right corner, and it goes to the top left out of the stadium. That was fun, actually, though. Yeah. It was, it was, it was yeah. the first World Cup I actually paid attention to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mad Russia wasn't in it. Anyways, Something that we that with the winter break coming up, that's going to be implemented, I believe next season. It's something that needs to be looked at and addressed by the FA because, and every team should be complaining about this because this is absolutely absurd. You cannot be playing two games in three days. This is not EA Sports being pro. Yeah, I, I will say though, with with the implementation of the winter break, I mean, you run the risk too. If I, how long is the break? Is it a full month or no? It's not. It's you should. I, I think it's going to be like 10 days or 14 days. Because okay. I was going to say, if it's a full month, I, it, either you're going to have to extend the schedule at the back end or eventually you're going to have some matches crammed in. So, I mean, you might face it more often in the season I, rather than the halfway point. Well, so with the so if you look at the League on in France, yeah. the, um, it's a 14-day schedule. It's a 14-day scheduled day off. And a lot of the guys go home. I know Hiroki Sakai of Marseille, the defender, goes home to Japan because he's Japanese. He has to be with his Japanese his family, and he never gets to see them because he's in France. And yeah. these guys love it. Uh, Dimitri Payet, he goes down back to the island of Reunion, which is off the coast of Madagascar. And getting to Reunion from France is a pain in the butt. Even though it's the French department, it's, pain, it's a pain in the butt. I don't know if you know where it is on the map. Look yeah, it up. Absolutely. I actually don't. North of, north of Madagascar, he's right in the Indian oh, Ocean. Wow. Yeah, it, yeah, so when we so when he won... Uh, so when, after he was in um, Euro 2016, he went from France to Madagascar, Madagascar to Reunion. And he only got a very short time in Reunion. That's why we gave him such an extended day, extended okay. time off, because given him time to recover, the time to be with family. He practically owns that island, to be quite honest. <laughs> I swear to God, I commented on literally, like when he would post stuff, when he was in Reunion, Everyone who commented was from the was from the island. He could come back and run for a head of the island, and he would win immediately if he, if he wanted to. Well, he could come back to West Ham, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and that's an, I'm not going to dig any deeper into that scar because I know that scar is still fresh in a lot of people's memory. Uh, we got to talk about injury news. So Fabianski, he's 
is he back? Is he not back? I don't know. We saw him in we saw him in practice based on what the uh, the tweet West Ham put out and was. But Martin still had they both still have injury questions. Him and Martin both. Martin went down in the last game, but he was able to finish out because there was what less than a minute left. Um, we'll know more tomorrow to being Tuesday about their injury concerns. Yeah. But how on a level? So from a one to one hundred rating, one hundred being the highest. How concerned are you about this, Chris? Um, I no, that's a good. That's a really good question. Um, in terms of how concerned I am, probably seventy or so. Uh, it, because I, I know that Fabianski actually himself confirmed that he's back in training. He posted a tweet on his own Twitter. Of him, yeah, um, but I know that X was saying that it's a fifty-fifty uh, for both. Uh, him and David Martin. So if one of them is good to go, I'm I'm fine with it. But in worst case scenario, like I don't want to have to think about a situation in which both of them aren't able to go. So it's I very much up in the air for me. So I'd, I'd give it about a seventy at least. Well, I have to go ninety, and there's a there's a very very good reason for this. They're muscle injuries. That's true. So, at best case scenario, let's say they're both fit for a match. They got injured kicking a routine ball back into play. Both of them, right? So yeah. like we talked about last time, what are our trainers doing? But so let's say that they're both fine to play. You can you can tweak one of those things again so easily. And, and since they did it in such a lackadaisical way the first time, it makes me concerned. So Number that, that's my number one concern, but 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 my number two concern is simply that I don't think they're fit. Pellegrini said this week that it, well, we may have to play Roberto, and I know he no, had a rough time, but that's what he said though. That's what he said. He, he said you know he says I know he had a rough time, but I still have faith in him, and you know I brought him here. Well, and that he, would makes me lose even more confidence in him. So he said he's already started started this. You know Roberto is a great choice. And this leads into some other things we're going to talk about later in this podcast. But my concern is that he's leading up. He's, he's going to play it safe because, to be fair, he doesn't want Fabianski to get hurt again. again. So he's probably going to play Roberto against Crystal Palace. That is my guess. And I am very concerned because then you're going to have these defenders go, oh, God, we know what happened last time. And that everyone is going to be on alert and Crystal Palace are going to eat it up. If that's the case, I would like to amend my answer to a 95. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> what about you, Zach? So, if they're so, because this is West Ham United, I'm at a 99.5% at all times. Yes, at all times. <laughs> but because of the fact that Fab- they both got hurt kicking a ball back in play off of a goal kick, the both back, and it's both, it's a muscle injury, and the fact that the next option we have is Roberto, and we're better off going into the stands and getting somebody who's never played the position before into it, or we're better off getting the guy who got fired for eating a pie, and he was the backup keeper in that FA Cup match. I don't remember his name, but he was a fat guy. Oh, yeah, he was. That was he is a legend of the game now. Yes, him. He's kind of like the hefty but, lefty. He's a legend. But what does his neck tattoo look like? That's what I'm <laughs> right? so Obviously, that, we need to get someone else with a neck tattoo. And that's the 100,000-pound question right there. Yeah. You know, with our goalkeepers, it's almost as if fortune's always hiding. 
God. Oh. That's why it's called this. Now you know. Or our original idea for the uh, for the name of the show. This team is killing me. Yeah, that's exactly right. That actually was. But one one thing we talked about last week. Uh, um, get a noun up. Give him a shot. Give give him a run out. I have more confidence in a kid who's never played in the Premier League than Roberto. Well, especially after the fact that we like. Martin's never played in the Premier League, and he won his debut match. He's exactly three. He's bat. He's batting six, six, seven. That's he's got, a, he's got as many. Yeah, he's got as many uh, clean sheets this season. David Martin does as David De Gea. So, <laughs> gosh, did you see that goal? Oh, oh my, my God. God! How did he get that off? <laughs> How is he considered one of the world's best goalkeepers? Listeners, every single one of us just put our hands on our faces, okay? That's yeah. what that goal was like. Watching yeah. it was excruciating. And so. none of us care for Manchester United. It's the funnier part. No, yeah. no. But just, oh, the sheer, and, and you can see it, so like in slow motion, he, the ball goes through his hands, ricochets off his face, goes up into <laughs> the net, and then before he does anything else, he is already face palming as he's falling down. Yep. So, so anyway. I, I think it always, uh, a goalkeeper fail makes it, is that much better when the ball ends up somehow hitting them in the face? Mm. Just adding insult to injury on that one. That's yeah. using your face. Yeah. <laughs> but if we cannot get, um, if we cannot get either Roberto or Martin healthy, I'm, I'm down to go to the U23s and give him a shot because I think he's a much better shot at playing well and getting a chance to three points. If Roberto plays, we have. No chance of three points anywhere. We're going to lose both games. Pelly doesn't well, want but, that. Well, but, and, and, and you can look at his behavior throughout his entire tenure at West Ham United, and you can see he doesn't like to change. He believes in what he believes in. He believes in his systems. He believes in his players. And he is going to play just to make a point, just to show that, no, this is the decision I made. This is the way I do things. This He has not changed. He's still the goalkeeper I brought in. Just like he's going to continue with the same formations, whether they work or not. He's going to keep trying to play the same way, even though it doesn't work with our players. Right. He's going to continue to play this guy no matter what happens. And it sucks. It really does. Yeah, it, it sucks. It, it it really for me it always begs the question: what What is the need of the man like of a manager when the fans could be picking a better team than the manager himself? Well, but nine times out of ten, we are so wrong. It's hilarious. Like, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. a lot of times the fans say, "Oh, we should be doing this," and what do we know? We're not there in training every day, etc. But, but I mean, for example, yeah. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> Pellegrini. It's almost like it's the complete opposite. The fans are right nine times out of the ten because we've been calling out for two two up top for months That's and months, months, and yeah. he wouldn't do it. And then the first time he did, look at that. Success. We won a game. <laughs> we won a game. Yeah. Oh my God, we won three points. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I have to say, so, and, and this is shocking. I haven't done this yet uh, since I've been involved with uh, American Hammers uh, Network. But I will say that in his defense, Antonio was not fit. No, he yeah. hasn't been fit forever. So when he finally does get fit and he plays a couple games and he's match fit again, then he plays him up top. So I will cut him some slack for that because a Jetty doesn't yeah. look like he's doing it. Well, with with a Yeti, I've I've always had I've always taken the position of I I can't judge him for the simple reason oh, right. yeah for the simple reason that he get it, if he's if he plays he's given ten minutes maybe 
Like yeah. there's not that, and it's in garbage time when we've already conceded the loss or we're up by three goals. So what is the point of even running him out there? And he doesn't get a chance to prove himself. He could be the one of the greatest strikers in the world, but we're not able to see it. Well, and, and we've seen with Fornals how tough it is to yeah. adjust the Premier League. And Fornals is a fabulous player. Yeah, he's finally coming uh, yeah. into his own. Give a Yeti some time. He might he might be better than Alaire right now. But but well, the, but what are you going to do? You're going to bench Alaire and no. then not play Antonio? I mean, so in a way, he's and, and we're we're so terrible. We're so terrible at cup competitions <laughs> uh, that that we don't really have the luxury of other teams of like bagging players in with cups. We're kind yeah. of like, oh, you know, if if we do that, we always get destroyed, and then yeah. it destroys their confidence. Uh, or we, we, we decide we actually want to go for it, so we just play our starters. So, But but to your point with Antonio being out, there was plenty of opportunity to give a Yeti the run out, but he just kept going with nothing but yeah. a layer up top. He, that makes me wonder, you know, but what has he saw? What has what he seen in training? You know, what has what, what, what he seen? Yeah, yeah and, that, and, that, and that is one thing I come back to as well. I mean... If Diop lays... A, is it a Yeti? Yeti. It's, it, it's yeah. a Y instead of a J, basically. Wait, okay. so hang on. So the pronunciation guide that I was given at the beginning of the year is wrong. It's a Y, not a J. That's what I've always. That's what I've always heard. Of. I've I mean, always pronounced it a pronouncer J. Pronouncers always, the pronouncers have always. Okay, said. American Hammers poll. If you're listening to this, put out a poll. How is it pronounced? <laughs> and and you can you can at us. All right. Yeah. Well, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, in the polls, there is no way to press a microphone button here. How it should be said. That's my biggest problem with it. It's not like Google. You type in a word. Oh, wait, there's a microphone. That's okay. okay. We can see how many people, what percentage of, uh, you know, of us hammers are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all but wrong. I, I think I've, I've always heard the TV pundits call him a Yeti. I think that's what I had heard before the beginning well, of the English, English guy. A Yeti? Yeah, English guy. Yeah. 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 So I just, so, but, so for everyone who's listening to us, um, my microphone is a Yeti microphone. I got it at uh, Guitar Center, and I just held it up because the box says Yeti. <laughs> so maybe he's like a, but he would be like a pygmy Yeti, right? A hairless <laughs> pygmy Yeti. But he is from from Switzerland. Switzerland right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. You never know what's up in those mountains. You've never seen a Yeti and a Yeti. You've never seen a Yeti and a Yeti in the same place at the same time. Just I don't saying. know. Do they sell Yeti coolers over there? Is that in Costco still? I don't know. Probably too Goshen American for them. <laughs> they, they don't. Have, they do not have tailgates because they think drinking beer in a car park is uncultured. I had this whole conversation on Twitter. It's uncultured. No, it's not. It's, it's uncultured, but fun as hell. Yes, it is. It is. That's literally my my highlights of my college career. Are tailgates? Are tailgates? Yeah. And I went to a school without a football team. Come on. I went I, to Ohio University, so we, that we didn't even need a parking lot. We just needed a backyard. <laughs> so anyway, so moving on. So Anderson and Lanzini. Lanzini's been out for a while, and Anderson's more of a new thing. They both um, practice this week without pain, and they both look ready to go for Boxing Day. Do you start them, John? Ah, uh, you know, I don't. Um, and do you have them and, on the bench? Yes, but with Anderson, I don't tactically earn that spot. I feel like we, we, we keep going with the same system that worked. Um, let players, 
let's develop a style of play. And you know what? I'm going to continue to talk about that until people who listen to this, all eight of them are going to go, I wish he would talk about something else. What is his problem? My problem is we don't have a style of play and we haven't for 20 years. But I say, I say right now, don't start either one of them. And with Lanzini, I just, I'm worried about he's going to get crocked again. Um, you know, he's had so many injury problems. We really got to be careful with that. So, and he's too talented of a player to, to risk it. So I say, don't start either one. I, I, I tend to agree with that as well. Um, I'm, I've always been kind of in the, under the opinion of if you win, unless there's an injury or unless there's a suspension, suspension like there is with Fredericks with the five yellows, um, don't change anything. Why, why fix until something seems to be going wrong, fix it at halftime. But with Anderson, he's been up and down all season. I mean, he's, it, he, the team almost looked like it performed better without him in the side. Um, and Lanzini, I mean, he's barely been given any game time this season, so you don't know how he's going to respond. You risk running, giving or him suffering another injury, which for me, I almost, I don't want to compare him to it, but it's starting to feel like a Jack Wilshere. Right? He's <laughs> well, never healthy. He's well, never healthy. Well, and Wilshere looks to be on his way out. They've apparently started to listen to um, to him to, for offers for him, and a lot of the MLS seem to be coming here from America in the MLS. Which I'd be fine selling him, selling him for a couple million. I'd be thrilled with, and then going and getting somebody who actually wants to be here. And I see. I think Wilshere wants to be there, but I just I think I physically. I mean, it's his boyhood club, but. He just can't get fit. I don't know what it is. Like his, it's just his muscles <laughs> will not let him be well, fit for more than a week. I hate to say, it, I'd rather start beating around the bushes and start trying to find somebody who can, who's cheap enough playing in second division somewhere in I don't know Italy or in Poland or even Bulgaria, just any random country that's good and can make the jump and possibly spend some time with the U twenty threes. And then maybe get called up next year later in the season that it's worth a couple a couple million pounds to get the transfer for. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we paid what we paid Wilshire in wages, we could have actually brought someone in and paid a transfer fee. Him, uh, so, him so and Carlos Sanchez. Well, so what was the was it Billings, the guy from um, um, that that Bournemouth picked up from uh, Huddersfield? Tall, like uh, athletic. I know, him. Oh, I know, I know who you're talking about. I know yeah. the case. It's Billings, right? Um, I say, what's your someone, someone will correct me, and please do. But he would have been he would have been fantastic in our midfield. Someone like that, he probably ultimately would have cost less than Wilshire, and he most certainly would have affected our play and our team more than Wilshire ever has. And God bless Jack <laughs> Wilshire. It's not fair what's happened to him. I hate it when you see really talented players have an injury and it just wrecks them because one injury can affect you. I mean, look at Kieran Dyer. I mean, like, look at what it can do to you. It can, it can, it begins to affect everything else. And that's what's happened with him. And, and he can't get over it. It's not yeah. his fault. So hang on. Time, like, we hang are on. not, we're not a nursing home, so we can't, you know, hang on. Philip billing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. D- Danish. <laughs> Is he, he's in Bournemouth now, right? Yeah, he's in Bournemouth. He was at Huddersfield last year. Uh, Twenty right, yeah. games last year, two goals, seven yellows. So far this season, seventeen matches, one assist, six yellows. Well, he doesn't. 
I mean, he breaks that play and passes the ball. I mean, yeah. And and that's what I, and that's the thing I think we need the most in January transfer window is a center, center defensive midfielder. Like, so I'm, if we can, if we can get Jack Wilshire out, that frees up a lot of uh, space in the budget. If you get rid of Roberto, Carlos Sanchez, and maybe I think those are the only ones really out of favor. We're not going to. Well, well, I, I think we're going to end up paying people to take them off our hands. I, I think in the summer we'll see some movement, but they, we don't do any good business in the January transfer window. And we, yeah, we need you're to not wrong. Doing, we need to start doing doing solid business in the January transfer, especially if. <laughs> The, we're closing the transfer window the day before the Premier League starts, which is beyond stupid. It's going to continue. We need to be able to adapt and adjust for January and for the second, the late half of the year because this is just pathetic. The fact that we can't defend, like we can't go and pick out who we need or who we want that's going to be able to help us and get us further ahead of the table, and we just sputter out of control and. We end up in the back half of the table, and we don't want to be back half of the table. The, the wages we're paying signal that we need to be in the top half of the table. Anything below well, 10 is a failure. There's a, there's a person who disagrees with you vehemently, and that's David Sullivan. And he says, no, 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 we need to be in the league until some idiot pays me a billion pounds for West Ham United Football Club. That's if I had a billion pounds, I would make the offer. If I had a if I had a hundred million pounds, I would offer to buy a small portion of the team and at least get on the fucking board because yeah. the way that I want to direct the team is completely different than, than Golden Sullivan want to. By the way, read David Sullivan's book. It's very interesting. Okay. I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. Or the, you know, it's Gold's book. It's Gold's book. I actually bought it on eBay for five bucks signed by him. <laughs> Free shipping. <laughs> I, I cannot make it up. I read it and... By the way, he's a commercial pilot. Yeah. What? He never talks about it. He has his own airline company. That's how he gets around most of the time in England. Brilliant, talented man. Chris, you're, you're dumbfounded by this. I'm just surprised by it. Bentley, have you seen his, his like pink, pinkish claret Bentley that he drives around in? Or has someone yeah. drive around in? Oh, yeah. whoa. Jesus. He tries, like he tries a little too hard. Looks like a purple enema. <laughs> wow okay and on that note <laughs> on that note we're changing the subject alright so we have so the U23s because we have the two games in 50 and a half hours the U23s don't play again until January 6th how many players do you expect to see if any from them in the next two games I can only really see potentially two um I don't. Or I, I will preface it. I don't know too many of the under twenty threes. Um, I don't keep up with them as much as I probably should. Um, well, none of the games are broadcast anywhere, so that's, true. that's very true. But I, I can see Holland being brought in for at least one of them, um, and potentially Anong if they if he actually decides to play him, which I don't know. That's up in the air. Um, the only other one I could potentially see is Silva, but at the same time, he, he hasn't played in months, so I don't, I don't think that's a possibility. So, not many, unfortunately. John? Well, man, come on. It's going to be zero. Yeah. We all know More, it's realistically. Be zero. Okay, how many should we see? 
So, uh, well, gosh, we should see we should see several. I mean, like you know, at least make the bench. I mean, if we've got some space, if we have some injuries, you know, I mean, like there's no reason not to bring a few on. Um, you know, I mean, it, you know, the, the ones Chris uh, mentioned were the obvious choices. But and I, and I would love, you know, so depending on where Fabianski and where um, Martin really are in health, I mean, we may see a non on the bench simply because otherwise it, we're going to be bringing back. Henry Lansbury, like I keep saying, and put the gloves on him and just get back out there, buddy. You know? <laughs> um, but we're probably not going to see that. Uh, what we're going to see is, oh, well, we'd love to use the kids, but these fixtures are too important. And so we're going to send out a bunch of tired people to get destroyed by Lester because Lester want to make and they want to make a statement. And we, we love playing people at the wrong time, right? So we, we, we're really good at that, and we're really good at doing people favors. So yeah. – um, you know, but, but I don't think we're going to see any of the under uh, 23. I don't think we, I, in real, in reality, I don't think we will either. But if, if there is a game that we do see them, I do see it being against Crystal Palace because, yeah. because like you said, against, it's against Leicester and we're going to try and say, Oh, look, we're, we've still got a chance and everything and we're going to get battered yeah. 3 0. Leicester are amazing. I mean, I mean, they're they are what we should here. be. They are what Absolutely. we should be. All these, all these players that if you go to, if you go to Knees Up Mother Brown and you go in, in, in like the old transfer window forums, all these players are going, oh, we should buy him from the championship or we should buy this guy who's going to be great. We should buy this. It's like the Leicester scouting team just go, oh, that's a great idea. And they just like, they just go to Knees Up Mother Brown and they just go, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, buy, we'll, we'll get Madison. Thanks for doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, no. David, or that one was that was ter- tragic that we didn't get him. What a player he would be in our midfield. Well, we'll pr- we'd probably utilize him incorrectly, and he'd be a terrible player. So, do you guys remember ten years ago in January of twenty ten when we were linked to Neymar? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't a fan at the time. I didn't even like the sport, but <laughs> I I know the story of it now, and well, it's what you put know, him on the map on the map in Europe. We were linked with Drogba. And we were linked with Conte. And Gareth Bale. Hang on, when were we linked with Drogba? What year? What, when? Yeah, I don't when know about Drogba. When he was in Marseille? On time ago, yeah, I think so. Uh, but I know for a fact, we, like, people were talked about Conte as well. So, uh, But you know what? Being linked with almost means nothing. We're linked right? with everybody. We've been is linked this, with all kinds of players. That is I love this any, the wrong way, you're linked with you're linked with the common cult, so yeah. and, and then and then X will come out and be like, "Oh yeah, I heard that somewhere at the club, but I'll check and see if it's true." I yeah, I listened to his uh, to the most recent podcast, and they have about thirty targets at right back. Give me a break, right. bro. I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, his whole his whole brand is he has to sound like you know he's in the know, regardless of whether or not it's complete BS. So. And then Billy Bean's going to come out, come into the scouting board and say, I'm not, don't want to talk about any of these guys. I'm going to take, take a, take a strip for the whiteboard, write a name on it. Jeremy Giambi throws it up. Like what do I want Jeremy Giambi? He gets on base. <laughs> Nobody wants Jeremy Giambi. Nobody wants to be the little brother of Jason Giambi, a steroid user. And nobody wants to be, known as the brother of a steroid user who wears thongs <laughs> to every single game. By the way, yeah, that's true. There's a whole but article it, about it. But every once in a while, we end up with someone out of left field like Diamante. Yes. Who, Dimitri who Payet. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He wasn't out of left field. Dude, he was, like, statistically, he was the second Mesut Ozil 
I will be honest with you. I, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not. I've only actually been a fan for only a few years. I, I started, uh, I started following really the sport and then West Ham my freshman year in college, which was the final season of the bowl in. So I don't have as much history. I don't like, I just remember joining in and I, I don't remember. I didn't follow that transfer window. Nothing. So okay. don't worry about that, man. You ask yeah. old guys like me. We'll, we'll <laughs> okay. So Chris, do me a favor. Go. Do you have an Xbox or P- Xbox 360 or Xbox one or PS four or three? I have PlayStation four. Okay, so and PS3. So do me a favor. Go get yourself the copy of FIFA before the year before Payette came. It'd be and, what fourteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, he came in fifteen, sixteen. That was the last year of the Berlin. Yeah. So go get a copy of FIFA fourteen and go I play. I have that one. Go play as Marseille. Go play a couple of matches as Marseille and just watch. Just because the way that he was, <laughs> the way that he played with Andre Pierre-Jenik up top. And on Andre Ayu right behind Andre Pierciniak, they they the three of them combined for um, half of Marseille's goals and assists in that season, and it was yeah, out of this that. world. If yeah, if they kept points like they do in hockey, with a goal being a point and an assist being a point, they would be top three in league on and top three in Europe. And it was just phenomenal to watch. It means <laughs> football in Marseille, fun, but also their manager was Mar- Marcelo Bielsa, El loco. Yeah. Yeah. So, to be quite honest, if we're ever looking for another manager, I would say, how much does it cost for El Loco? I want him. He's a Leeds, <laughs> man. He can't be that expensive. Uh, I don't know. He's trying to no, learn no, English. The problem is that, again, David Sullivan will not have someone come in and go, look, everything has to be my way. Everything has to be my way. All transfer targets, all training, everything. Everything's my way. Or I'll walk. He's quit jobs like two weeks in. Right? Well, Seriously. I will actually say, I, I don't know if you guys listened to going back to Exit's podcast. They actually said that before they brought in Billich, that's who they wanted, the Leeds, current Leeds manager. Oh, my God. Yeah, that well, would have been. Didn't we, we also, you know, the, there's a rumor we approached Poch, right? We approached Pochettino. Oh, I, I didn't Poch. hear that one. I don't want oh, Pochettino. Yeah. There was, no, there's a rumor that we approached him, and he went, <laughs> come on. No, that's Ancelotti. <laughs> that was Ancelotti. No, no, that was way back when we approached Ancelotti. Oh, I'm talking oh. about like in the last few weeks. No, 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 no. We approached. X had said that we actually tried to have a conversation with Ancelotti, and Ancelotti said no. Not at, well, number not one, we shouldn't be talking to people while we still have a manager. Yes, that too. Well, I agree with you on that. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, the issue becomes because if we fire him on a whim, then we're left with no one. And who are we going to? Who are we going to promote as interim manager? <laughs> well, and then we need to fu- we need to scramble to find somebody. I would rather have. I'd rather have secret conversations in private, completely confidential, with somebody that's a free that's a free agent manager, and be able to bring them in at least as a caretaker position for the end till the end of the year, wow. and, and then go from there in the summertime because that <laughs> because the worst thing is to fire your manager and have no one in backup. Yeah, well, so, going with the X with the X thing though is there's no such thing anymore as private or private conversations because it'll always get out. Like that one just that one got leaked with Ancelotti, and you got to wonder how that affects Pellegrini. Well, so this is when you need to bring in ex KGB agents. If you look at, so, <laughs> do you laugh? So, so do you know who Sergey Fedorov is? Uh, no, but I one of my professors actually is friends with several former KGB agents, so I've heard okay, stories. So, so, so Sergey Fedorov is a. Former NHL player, he came from the Soviet Union. He was one of the first defenders 
Uh, and so the Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings drafted him, and everyone who's drafted a Soviet player was like, they, they're never coming over. The, Soviet, the Cold War is never going to end. Um, so they had secret meetings with him at a World Junior Championship, and it was in the, his hotel room, and it was late, very late at night, like 2 or 3 in the morning when everyone was asleep. And he, they got him to defect, leave everything behind, everything he knew, to come to Detroit and play in Detroit. And everything was just shocking. And um, he didn't. He left literally everything that he ever knew. But because of the fact that they knew how to run a secret interview to get around KGB agents, KGB learned about that and learned how to get over that and how to prevent this. So look, look, that's what we need. I'm not saying that it's it, it's generally a bad idea, and I'm sure everybody does it. We're just the ones who can't keep our mouth shut and it goes in the press. But my point is, <clears throat> I'm a big club who fires somebody and just get, hire the caretaker manager to get to the end of the season and then makes a great appointment. Who's done that? Not many. I mean, no. I mean, like, even Arsenal, who right now are, if you're an Arsenal fan, dude, they're Eric. like, they're like you know hanging themselves up you know from their walls and they're they're, they're like acting like they're, you know, they're literally person. fighting each other they're yeah. literally fighting each other yeah which which and, and what are they like eighth i mean you know i mean yeah. we would kill to be as terrible as arsenal are now yeah um but it almost like it almost feels like we're in a better position than they are and they it, it's just nuts it, it's yeah, really crazy forever and, and they're better than us. So anyway, but like, you know, they didn't do that. They, they hired, you know, Freddie, they had Freddie Lundberg, you know, who um, not many managers were also underwear models. So they have Freddie Lundberg, uh, you know, come up there, stand here and look pretty um, and point every once in a while. Just point, point at somebody, point at a really good striker and say you should score a goal. And then they got someone else to come in, um, you know, who they love, Arteta. Who, you know, I mean, that's a good appointment. I don't know if it's going to work because, you know, when is Arteta ever marshaled the defense? But he's, you know, studied under the master for a while. Yeah, exactly. And, so and that's he, what I'm afraid of. So, um, but but even even a club like Arsenal, who are a big club in shambles, quotes, 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 quotes. Um, Still competing you know, in Europa League, top, yeah. top half of the table. All right, so... As much as we'd love to talk about it, Arsenal and why we would love to be in their position, we got to move on. Today is the 23rd of December. What's the 23rd of December? Christmas Eve. Festivus. Thank you! So as it's Festivus, and we cannot do the feats of strength because this is a podcast and I do not have a closed bottle of ketchup on me. (laughs) Because it's on! No. So... We need to talk. We need to talk. We need to at least air out a grievance. I'm going to give you guys one because I got a, a surprise for all of you listeners at the end. So, John, we do not have a style of play. I need to do that anymore. We do not have a style of play. You need to make a. You need to make a whole episode on just. No, no, no. You need t-shirts. We need t-shirts. Come on, let's. Uh, if you have a style of play, everyone on the pitch knows what they're supposed to do. If something goes wrong, you know what you're supposed to do because you've done it over and over and over. It's ingrained in you. It's nature. You never have to worry about, oh, my God, where is so-and-so going to be? Do I go up now or do I go back? Do I do I show for the ball or do I not? Do I pass it back to the goalkeeper or do I punt it long? You always know what you're supposed to do because it's in your style of play. We don't have that. Pellegrini was supposed to bring that. That's my biggest issue with this entire season. Hey, Chris? 
So I'm, so we've actually been talking a little bit about like probably what my grievance, biggest grievance is, and it's the transparency, I would say. Um, as an American fan, I love it because I'm constantly in the know. I feel like I'm there in, uh, in hearing all the rumors. Um, but with the, how much we're linked with players in the media, how much we're like the punching bag of British and London, uh, press and, but considering where we are in the league, we don't, we shouldn't be able to have that kind of like transparency. Like it's not even Manchester city. Who's one of the top two teams in the league has this kind of, uh, transparency. They don't have insiders constantly feeding information. They don't have podcasts like this. And I, I love X, like his podcasts. I love their opinions and everything, but it just seems like it's too much information getting out. I think it, at that times it damages the fans confidence, yeah. the players confidence, the managers confidence. I, it, it needs to be toned back. I think that's my break, it was an entire, you know, like a yeah, was, exactly. a column where she calls out other people and like she just calls out other teams. Yeah, she calls I mean, out other teams when it's completely unnecessary, when we're almost there. in a relegation scrap right now and she's going after teams in the top half. Like it, it makes no sense to me. All right. So my biggest complaint thus far is the fact that one, we have not, well, I have a couple. But I'm going to stick to the fact of the fact that we did not pull the plug on Roberto sooner. We, yes. hey, do, you guys follow, do you guys follow the Exploding Heads? No. So the Exploding Heads are two um, British guys. The ESPN UK does stuff with them. I met uh, the younger one of them. Um, so anyway, so they were doing like what they were doing like Premier League gifts. So like Bournemouth has a two a two headed jumper. Which is great if you're a Siamese twin, but that's about it. Uh, and so, like, for West Ham, it's like, a West Ham doormat. Please whoop your feet as you take your three points. Yep. Yep. But that, like, the fact that we have not done anything right this season, the fact that we let Roberto go in for as long as he did is mind-boggling to me. And it's, a prob- it's problematic because we don't know when to pull the plug. We should have pulled the plug. Half, like halfway through what we ended up doing, and we should have gone to Martin a lot sooner and cut Roberto when we could have had the chance and signed somebody that was unattached, and I'd just gone from there, or at least get a try to get a loan for January's lined up. Jesus, yeah. right. And now that because it is almost Christmas time, I will read you the West Ham night before Christmas. I spent over an hour do, coming up with this, so if it's terrible. My name is Jeff Scullington. If I was great, it's Zach Walton. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, it was the night before Christmas when all through the London City, not a creature was a string, stirring, not even a coach. The socks were hung in the locker room with care in hopes that Sir Bobby would soon be there. The fans were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of three points danced in their heads. And Lanzini in his kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the pitch there arose such a chatter, I sprang from my bed to see what's the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the windows and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow, when when what to my wondering eye did I appear but a miniature sleigh with eight U eighteen reindeer, with a little old driver slow lively and quick, I knew in that moment that he must be Sir Bobby. More rapid, 
then hot iron, he's his course then then his coursers then came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Noble, now Allaire, now Cresswell and Martin, on Lanzini, on Diop, on Reed and Antonio. To the top of the ground, to the top of the orbit. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all, with a sleigh full of toys and Sir Bobby too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and parring of each little boot as I drew my head and was turning around. Down the chimney Sir Bobby came with a bound. He was dressed in a Christmas onesie from head to his foot. All of his clothes were tarnished with dildos and drop points, but a bundle of points he had flung on his back. And he looked, <laughs> he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks, cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His beard in, on his chin was white like the snow. He had a broad face and like a round belly and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plum and right and a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the socks, socks, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to a sleigh, the team gave a whistle, and away he flew, all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, eerie he drove, out of sight, happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. Well, there you go. That took an hour plus to write, by the way. <laughs> you know, and it's still better than the Tottenham rap. That those guys are YouTube releases. You see that? I don't oh even give a shout out to, the, to those perennial virgins for for doing that. So you destroyed them with that majestic Christmas melody. All right, now, I know a lot of this didn't rhyme. I I'm not a rhyming expert. I did not have my rhyming dictionary with me. I wish I did. <laughs> but I I spend a lot of time on this. I really would love somebody to professionally like read this. Um, like with a fireplace and pipe <laughs> and a glass of brandy, maybe. I'll start. I'll start like um, on Twitter, just asking the guys a Critical Role. Um, do you guys know what Critical Role is? No, actually. I've heard of them. It's, it's it's where professional voice actors play Dungeons and Dragons together. <laughs> uh, it's so good. It's so good. It took me a few episodes to get into it, but now it's like I'm I'm just so addicted, and they're amazing, and they have a YouTube channel. And anyway, watch Critical Role. They're not paying me to say this. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I'll just be, hey guys, hey guys, can you? And they'll be like, restraining order. But um, yeah, that'd be good. All right. So for John and Chris, this is Zach wishing you all a uh, Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus, Happy New Year. And we look forward to seeing you next week when hopefully we have at least a minimum of three points in our back pocket. Or, or at least two or one or eight. Hey. I would I would kill for three points. I would honestly kill. Yeah. That's right. Well, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, and with that, we say good night and Merry Christmas to all. This has been an American Hammers radio production on AmericanHammersTV.us.